Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Natural Bobcast, live in the natural lounge, staring at the natural piece of wood Ouija board. I'm back in the woods. Why? I don't know, dude. You know, last week I was in the studio. Felt fun, felt good, felt cool to hear myself when I'm talking. But I like it out here, you know? And I also like talking to people. I'm missing that. We'll get to that later. But look, let me just check in with y'all real quick, okay? Last week... I told you all that I was getting off antidepressants after being on them for two years, okay? Let's see, that's almost seven days ago when we talked last, right? So I've got some updates and I'm excited to share them with you. One, withdrawal does suck, okay? It, especially from an antidepressant because, you know, this is the medicine that I used to get out of, you know, some deep, dark over compulsive nightmares during the pandemic, you know, like I, I had faced, I had faced the serpent and I had succeeded and said, no, I will not fall down. I will not take your staff of evil and walk with it. I will do my own. And I, I got help, you know, I went to talk to somebody and like for the longest time I was against therapy. I was against antidepressants. I was against all this shit. You know who I was against too? Myself. I wasn't against Excuse me, I wasn't rooting for myself. I wasn't trying to make myself into the hero of the story. I was trying to be like the anti-hero or the comedic relief or anything but the main character. And that's a hard thing to do for some, right? To actually do the work to be revealing, you know? Like certain things hurt you and certain things, you know, can deter you from your positive experience here on earth, right? Like, I've, I've learned so much in the last couple of years, and you know what? Like, sometimes back in the day, I was compelled to tell everybody, but now after doing some serious deep, deep work and meditation and therapy and throwing some good old-fashioned ego death in there, you know? I mean, like, it's weird because it's like, even as I talk about this, I'm recording a show called The Bobcast, so it's like, yes, is my ego still in control? Probably, but... I'm way more aware of it now than I've ever been in my life. And I'm fortunate for that because I'm at age 43 now. And I still have got a lot of work to do that could be good. And I realize the only way that that can happen, man, is if I keep my force field positive. You know, I was researching some stuff about it. And it's like, if you walk this earth with a positive frame of reference in your mind, it, it, it could go out and help people. You can change the, the course of matter, if you will. It's also reading about prayer circles and how that could also, too, affect matter in space just by people, like, rooting for the same thing or people uh, manifesting some sort of positive outcome. came from reading about the guy who suffered a heart attack on the football field and how, you know, grown men were in tears but all huddled together in prayer. It was actually the um, Adam Curry podcast with Joe Rogan that came out, I guess, two weeks ago. I've always loved Adam Curry. I, I, um, he was a VJ. He was actually MTV's like first long-haired VJ. I, I, I think he might be the first, but he's the one I remember. Him and Ricky Rathman. But like, um, Adam is gifted with the title of being the Podfather. He's the reason 
I'm on this device right now recording thoughts. He is the one who first set it up with the, the very first iPod when it came out. It was so hard for people to understand what a podcast was because they haven't even heard the term before. RSS feed. What? Is it a truck? Is it a record store day? I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm confused. But Adam wasn't confused and he started his podcast. And he's kind of like an investigator like myself. And one of the things that he brought up, which really just hit me, and it was like two hours into the podcast. And all of a sudden he looks at Joe and he's like, as sure as I believe the JFK assassination wasn't a lone gunman, and sure as shit as I believe that World Trade Center 7 didn't fall because it was upset that its brothers fell, I too now believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, and now he's a follower. And look, I've been, I, I, I've been wanting to talk about this, and I'm not really sure. I, I think I have, but I don't listen back to some episodes. But like, dude, I, okay, I'm in the dark night of the soul when it comes to religion. I've always been in the dark night of the soul. It's something I want in my life because I watch people who practice it when I go to this church and I see them. Dude, they look so happy. You know, they look so juiced up by Jesus, you know? I shouldn't say it like that because that sounds like I'm making fun of it. I'm not making fun of it, okay? I'm just simply trying to convey my thoughts in a way. I guess that's sometimes by diffusing things like that with like comedy is a way to get around the fucking question of existence dude you know what i mean is this guy jc really here to protect me is he here to to forgive me for my sins and dude like i think my whole problem stems from the fact is i am not seeking forgiveness i've never been seeking forgiveness okay i i've come from trauma and like i don't want to feel like i'm a piece of shit no more you know what i mean and i feel like asking for forgiveness for something i've done before we've even done it makes me feel like shit and so right yeah that and many other things along with, you know, the doctrine of what to believe and what not to believe and what to eat and not eat on Friday and what to put your genitalia in and so and so forth, right? I don't like rules, never liked rules, but I love peace and I love harmony. So it doesn't make sense to me sometimes, you know, like it doesn't make sense who I am because there's a part of me that's full of vengeance and there's a part of me that's full of empathy. I, I, I don't know how to describe because you're not in me, you know what I mean? You're not, you're not my consciousness, you're not m- like my soul or whatever this is operating my vessel, right? And I was thinking about like, you know, my man JC, spirituality and religion and all that, you know? And like the thing is, it's like, I want it in my life, man. It's like, it's like wanting to eat at a restaurant that you just can't get reservations at, no matter what. And then maybe you do get reservations and you show up and they're like, nah, you're not on the list. Or, like, you, you finally do get in and then, like, uh, you know, they shut down the restaurant because the chef falls ill to some sort of, uh, you know, virus or something like that. Just basically, I'm just frustrated because it's like, I want to have that happen to me. I want to feel some sort of, I mean, I'm looking for the truth. It's all I'm doing out here in these woods is I'm looking for the truth. Constantly searching. Exercising, too, as well. But, like, you know, like, somebody said to me the other day when they saw me coming out of the gym, like, man, three, four days in a row, huh? And I was just like, yes, but, and I really like laid it down to him. I was like, look, I don't have six pack. I don't have any of that shit going on. You know what I mean? But like what I do have is a frame of reference and a, a place I can go to dump all my thoughts out by rigorous exercise. Sometimes when I'm dumping these thoughts into the recycling bin of my soul, you know, I'll accidentally hit the empty button before I get a chance to process the whole shebang. And, you know, that's upsetting, but like, I, I felt this way n- numerous times throughout my life when it comes to Jesus Christ. 
you know? I have journals where I'm writing about it at age 22, how this is the first Easter of my life, and there's a picture of him and, you know, all this. And then I remember going to see The Passion of the Christ with my grandmom and family and feeling weird about that one. But, like, you know, and then, like, coming up with, like, the idea, too, like, I guess it was, like, in my late 20s, early 30s when, like, you know, you really start to hear the empirical evidence. I don't think empirical would be the right use of word there, but whatever. This is my fucking show. But the evidence that, you know, the truth is out there, man. Your boy JC didn't look like me. You know what I mean? Or like, I don't have blue eyes, but brown, long hair. You know, wonderful beard. Light, fluffy, full of like radiant light. No, in fact, he looked like somebody who most people who believe him. I'm not going down that road. But I'm going to say when the evidence came out, lots of people were upset. That's not my Jesus. And I remember as a young man, late 20s, thinking to myself, like, well, dude, that's, that's like history right there. And that's geographical evidence, you know, proof of the sun and where it was in his life, you know, how it would affect his skin color and all this other shit. And I remember the outpour of negativity. I remember even people whom I revered as close family or friends would, would, um, you know, talk about their disdain for this image and like all the, you know, like what their Jesus means. And like, you know, I was just young, but I was very susceptible towards that like type of energy. And I was just like, you know what, dude, like I'm good on like worrying about what somebody looks like to feel good about myself or to feel good about the world or feel good about the universe. And then like, you know, like the thing that's always just bashed my balls against the wall is... I want everyone to be taken care of. I don't think it's fair that, like, as I grew up in my version of Christianity, it was told that if you're not, you know, down with us, then, you know, you're going to hell. Sorry, man, you're burning up. You're gay, you're, you're burning up. All my gay friends, burning up. My brother, burning up. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, this is bullshit. I don't feel this way. I don't want to feel this way about any human being. I don't want to feel this way about any living creature on the planet. I want everyone to um, get along their way and have a, you know, a good time in this reality. Well, let's let's yield to my man right here. What's up, friend? How you doing? Up, Happy Sunday. Thank you. Enjoy. You too. I've seen him before. Love saying hello to people. See, that's that's God. That's I don't even know the dude's name, but we see each other and we lock eyes and we know that we're both out here doing the same thing, kind of. I hope this first 10 minutes of the Bobcast hasn't deterred you and you've clicked me off because you are maybe in the dark night of the soul too. Or no, maybe you are somebody who is, you know, saved and you want to save me or you think that I'm working for Moloch or you think that I'm doing some sort of, you know, uh, dark magic ritual here. I'm just looking for the truth, man, you know? I want to believe, man. And like that whole thing I heard about, like, see, I'm, a, I'm a, like a... I believe in magic. I don't, not like the magic per se of like, you know, the fucking rabbit coming out the hat. I'm talking about like real magic, you know? And like real magic stems from whatever this existence is, whatever this universe is, yes, something is in control. Something has either plans or no plans, but like at the same time, it, I'm gonna say it too, cause it's like to more, that's another thing too is like, why is JHC a guy? Why is God always a dude? Because, because the dude carries the baby? No, dude. The woman carries the baby. 
And then like Mary, like getting pregnant without ever having intercourse. Like, what, what kind of sick shit is this, dude? You know what I mean? Is it true? If it is true, God bless you. Great. You know, but like these thoughts for a young man or young boy to, to take into their own. It's, it was hard for me, dude. And like also being told that the rest of the magic of the world that really, you know, tickled me pink, like Santa Claus and all that other shit wasn't real. But this is. Think about what that does to a child. Think about what that may, may or may not do to your own child who could be around the same age as mine. The things we tell our children. Why are we telling them that? Are we telling them that out of fear, obligation, and guilt by the previous generations of what they believe is to be right? I don't know. But like back to the, you know, the head of this. Yeah, dude, I'm seven days out. No Lexapro. And I'm going to be honest, okay? I had a shitty birthday. I was not feeling well, man. I, 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 I was scared, highly emotional, crying all the time. Yeah, I cry, dude. It feels good to cry. A long time I used to try to hold that shit in. Dude, I let it out now. Like I let the dogs out to take a shit in the morning. You know what I mean? It just works for me, you know? And the other night, like I was um, filming something, right? I was filming um, an event at one of the schools that I work for, and it was a collection of um, students from around the area who play in string ensembles. And, you know, it would be different uh, conductors for each song. And it was moving because the music was, lots of it was from motion picture soundtracks. And for some reason, those motion picture soundtrack songs just hit. Anything from indie hits. Jaws hits. Whatever. You know, Superman, don't even talk about the Superman theme song, dude. But, yeah, like this one conductor, right, is a young guy, and like I could tell that he was full of, you know, pride for his students, but also humility that he didn't want to make it about himself. He barely even looked at the audience, but when he got up to his, like, desk, he had a conversation real quickly with his students that were standing there ready to play a song, and I couldn't hear it. The audience couldn't hear it, but you could see their faces. And, yes, it makes me, like, feel like I'm going to cry right now, because it was like... You can see how much it meant to them, you know, like they just you could see the adoration, but you could see love in the air, man. Like it wasn't like some sort of like, you know, like that's the thing about music, too, is like it's such a gift, man, like a gift for somebody to listen to and also a gift for somebody to make or perform or create. And it was just a heartfelt moment between student and teacher, students and teacher and like, you know, got me. You know, and then I start journaling more and more. I journal every day, but I was journaling now sometimes two, three times a day just to get it all on paper so I can make a contract with myself about the things I'm feeling. I've told you that before. Like, the journal is a way of you connecting with yourself in the subconscious and the consciousness, like, at the same time. It's crazy. Because when you go back and read stuff, you're like, what, dude? I wrote this? Because you've processed it in your own mind the way you think you have, but you go back to the root of it, and you're like, oh, don't want to go that way no more. It's like a map of um, triggers, if you will, or things not to do if you're like me and suffer from uh, like mental health issues. It's really beautiful, beautiful out right now. Like the parking lot here at Belly Groom is packed, but I haven't seen anybody except two people early before I even start recording. So seven days out, right? Other, dude, I can smell everything again. Sometimes I get so dizzy from like the the like the weight lifted off of my cranium like I feel like like I just took like a hit of nitrous or something like that or 
it's slowly starting to go away. Now, I have noticed a slight weight gain just because I, I don't think I was eating as much when on Lexapro, but like, especially like last week for three days there, like I just ate whatever the hell I wanted, dude. And I haven't done that in so long. It felt great too, man. I went to McDonald's, I got two McDoubles with Big Mac sauce. I learned that from this dude, Wyatt, who was in this great band called The Color, who's been on the show hundreds of episodes ago. Uh, he lives out in the LA, and he, he too also has a child around the same age as me. But um, yeah, I saw him write this down, or he had a receipt one time, and then like, you know, it was like my hack menu. Dude, the McDouble, McDouble without the pickle. They're gonna make this thing fresh, okay? They're gonna put Big Mac sauce on it, okay? It's $2.49. You go to Shake Shack to get some sort of thin piece of meat that's like $12, $13. I used to talk shit on McDonald's. I ain't talking shit on McDonald's no more, dude. I'll never, you know? Like, it's food. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is there cholesterol in it? Is there shit that's gonna kill you? Yeah. But guess what? A car could come along and kill you today. You never know. Just keep at with your body and mind, and every now and then treat yourself. So I figured that out too when I was like in therapy and on meds. I was like, I don't like pay attention to myself enough to treat myself. And like, you know, it doesn't have to be Big Mac or whatever. I'm just saying like, this is a treat right now to get out of my house for two hours to exercise and talk with y'all. It's a treat. It's a treat when you go and get a haircut. It's a treat when you get a massage, but it's also a treat when you help somebody else out and you feel better about yourself and like the universe and everything else. I love altruism, man. And recently, well, I, I shouldn't change topics. See, I, I'm thinking a little bit more clearly now, too, without the lex and not like going off on tangents and going away for too long where you get confused. I'm talking fast again, which I like. It, it, it makes for good copy, if you will. You know what I mean? Like, nobody wants to listen to a podcast with dead air. And I've got good at just uh, doing my thing, you know? I can't remember what the hell I was talking about. Though. Hold on. We're coming down the road. It's going to be loud here for a minute. But say hi. Hey, how are you? Yeah, nobody said hello to me. It's okay. My feelings are intact. Totally intact. I'm walking by a street sign with a bun bunch of new bumper stickers, and I'm doing everything in my power right now to contain myself because you know how I am with stickers. I've told you all this before. I love it. Love stickers, dude. I love what it does to me, too. It's like... It's something that still exists from the childhood. And that, that's, some, that's some stuff right there, right? You got anything like that? Because I've been having deja vu too these last seven days like a mofo. Like, uh, something about like things that happen to you when you're a child, you can have them happen again in your 40s and it literally feels exactly the same as when it happened for the first. Case in point, I don't even know, man. Like I was cleaning today on a rampage cleaning. I love cleaning, man. There's nothing quite like a deep clean of your house. Hey, doing? Nobody's saying hi, but you know, I guess that's the vibe, dude. Yeah, cleaning your house, okay? Let's get back to this real quick. I haven't done a deep, deep clean in a while. Like, I'm talking a three and a half hour clean. Like, clean like you got company coming over. Ain't nobody coming over, okay? Whatever. But here's the deal. I get the bleach out, okay? And I love bleach. Something about bleach, yes, it's Nirvana's first album, whatever, but the smell of bleach, it just gets me, dude. And yeah, today as I was cleaning the floor in a joyful mood, the bleach hit my nostrils and it instantly took me back to I think like the first time I ever smelled it, but it was at my, the, the four or five school that I went to, fourth and fifth grade school. And like I, I, I could like see where I was 
I could see the janitor holding the, the, the mop. I could see him spilling the bucket and it all going out on the floor. And like, it was like I was just there. Maybe this is a, um, like a symptom of withdrawal from Lexapro is that you're, you know, you're, I guess the synapses in your brain, the neuroscience of it all, like your form, like I had a, a serotonin problem where I wasn't feeling like everything was okay. I always felt like something bad was gonna happen. And that's kind of like one of the many reasons of getting on Lexapro in the first place. But now without that, you know, hold up one sec. What's up, how you guys doing? Go birds. Yeah, and again, getting no responses here today, but that's okay. I'm trying to be cool. So yeah, the one thing though, it all sound positive. So now I'm gonna hit you with the 20 minutes in negative shit, okay? Dude, my anger levels have returned. I'm not in a bad mood right now, but like, maybe it was from the withdrawal last week, but several things happened which really alarmed me. I mean, my road rage came back. I had some woman in front of me making a left. The, the arrow was green and she's breaking in the middle of the intersection with the green arrow. Anybody would lose it, but I felt like I was ready to, you know, tilt the world on its axis and throw us into a black hole. It didn't feel good, you know? It didn't feel good at all, you know? <laughs> and then the other day, dude, this is, this is just this yesterday, right? For those with uh, children between the ages of, you know, six and 10 or whatever, whatever, you could be an adult too, I don't care, but, Saturday mornings means basketball, organized sports, soccer, basketball, whatever. You know what I mean? And, God, dude, like, okay, so, like, yeah, he's late. So, my wife drops us off. Let me go back five seconds, okay? We're late to the basketball game, okay? We're going to the venue. On the way to the venue, I noticed some older gentleman on a sweet electric bike, but he also had, like, a bunch of stuff hanging off of it, and it made him look... Peculiar enough that I, I took notice for a, a bit, right? So then we're late. We pull up to the front because there's never parking there. So one of the many reasons why I stopped going to the gym there because I didn't pay $30, $40 a month to have the place completely flanked by, you know, pissed off, hungover adults every weekend having birthday parties or organized sports. Taking up the facility space too as well. See, I'm getting angry now about shit that ain't even in the story. But okay, so... <laughs> We pull up, right, and there is this guy. <laughs> I get out the car, and then she, and I get my son out the car. We're, we're heading out, and then Teresa starts to like move her car, and uh, you know try to find a parking spot. And the dude in the electric bike almost gets hit by Teresa, and he screams like bloody murder at her. Like he screams so loud, like you're not, watch where you're. I didn't even curse. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not even gonna like stretch the story to make it seem like I was in the right. So like he says, watch where you're going. And dude, I flipped out, man. One, I, I saved it in the end and diffused it enough where my son probably will never remember it. But like, I screamed at him. I was like, yo, get off the bike, turn around. And like, I'm just like, as I'm saying it, I'm like, oh my God, dude, like I'm so angry right now. You know, like, I don't even know what he would have done, right? I don't even know what he, he like, if he came over, what I would have said. God forbid in front of my son because, you know, my dad used to do stuff like that and I still remember his anger, you know, and like, I, I don't like that part of myself and I actively didn't have that part of me kind of alive for two and a half years or so when I was on serotonin reuptake inhibitor Lexapro. I didn't feel that rage and dude, this rage just popped up 
And he just kept going on his way, right? And at this point, I'm just hot. And then, like, I try to deflect and be like, okay, Tyler, this is good in there. We're going to be late. He's like, okay, Daddy. I'm like, okay, cool. So then I get to the door, and he goes in first, right? So we're in a rush. But I always hold the door for people, dude. I, I don't mind holding the door for you, for anybody, for an animal. I don't care, you know? But there's this lady behind me, and she's one of the people who are running out the hall for the weekend. The people who aren't there daily, they're coming in there to use the space. And she's pushing some sort of like cart with like, I don't even know what it was in it. Maybe birthday items, clothing, it looked like, I don't know. But I couldn't hold the door because my son was going in and she also heard me yell at this guy. So she says facetiously to me, oh, don't worry about me. I'm just gonna wait for somebody else to come along and hold the door because I've got so much stuff, right? So at this point I am holding the door kind of and I have the other door propped open with my left leg because I want to keep close to Tyler because there's so many people, you know? And like, you know, she said some other shit and dude, you know what I did? Like, you can't see me because this is a podcast, but like basically I ha- had the door in my hand and like, I'm like, I let it go and I, like, I had my fingers in the air like it was like a magic trick and just watched it shut and kept looking at her <laughs> and then just turned around, gave her the dirtiest look, man. Like, you know, like just so bad. Like, so yeah, the anger part, yeah. There was like a couple days there where I was in the car screaming. I had some issues, you know, with colleagues and like, it's just, it's hard because it's like, dude, they said in the, in the, they said in the internet as if it's like a club. The internet says that like this could last for 90 days. And then I've seen other websites say that you could start to feel better about yourself within three to five days. So I was like, okay, cool. You know, that, that could be cool. You know, three to five days. But now I'm on seven and, you know, things, things started to feel a little bit better, you know? And like, I know this is a daily thing and I know it's going to be hard to keep up consistently with my mental health without the use of, um, excuse me, I'm putting back hiccups, not tears. It, it's going to be hard for me to do this without the, the use of serotonin, but I'm doing it for a number of reasons. I mean, one, for my health. I am sleeping again. Last night I slept, I think I slept from 9.30 to 6, and I haven't done that in so long, man. Just because of the, the Lexapro, I would wake up and just, God, I'd be wired. Wired for sound, wired for radio, ready to go, you know? And, like, I, I just couldn't do that no more because I'm not a young man, and I'm not doing, like, uppers and shit, you know, like, throughout the day. Like, I, I, I need sleep. In fact, I love sleep. I love sleep so much because... It's something I really didn't focus on in my younger days. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be out all night playing the downtown harvest, doing all sorts of stuff. And um, the other thing, too, is, like, when I was on Lexapro, like, I could be good during the week, but then, dude, I would crash and burn on Saturday, sometimes taking two naps. I think one time I took three, and I was like, this isn't right. I, I mean, I'm old. I'm 43 or whatever, but, like, my body doesn't feel old. I feel like I got a lot of energy, and, like, these type naps would just like zonk me out dude you know and then also too like as I mentioned like you know um I mean like yeah it's obscene whatever but it's the truth it's like the stool you know what I mean like you're or we don't really talk about like stuff like that but like yeah your bowel movements dude like that's a big big part of your mental health I think I mean some people have um IBS irritable bowel syndrome some people have um um brain freeze um Crohn's disease they have all sorts of sorts of issues with the digestive process and like with Lexapro you're always like not correct you know and like these last week and a half or whatever like it's just returned to like 
beautiful, beautiful fashion. And uh, I couldn't be more happy about that because I feel great. You know what I mean? I feel like um, my energy levels have increased. I feel like my uh, complexion is looking better. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the only like pros. The cons, though, definitely anger. Um, it's just it's, sometimes it's really hard to... Um, there's this thing in th therapy called emotional freeing technique. They call it EFT. If um, you want to look it up on YouTube so you can actually see um, a demonstration of it. It's very useful because it will help you uh, find the area where you're feeling like stress and like basically you tap it out. I know that sounds strange, but when you're having a moment of uh, blind fitted rage and you, you can't, you know what I mean? You can't like really decipher like how to calm down. This helped me out and I recommend it for anybody else who may be going through something else. Like uh, you got to find where your pain is. And for me, it's my throat chakra. Uh, with a chakra, if you don't know, it's like an energy center that we all possess. Um, there's certain areas in the body that are chakras. And for me, it's my throat because I always felt like, um, I always felt like people were trying to take um, my words from me. And there's nothing worse than when someone's trying to um, do that to you. It just don't feel good, you know what I mean? Like, at all. So I do a lot of tapping on my, like, neck. Right, and I find that if I breathe to the rhythm of the tap, I can slowly start to calm myself down naturally. There's breathing exercises, there's mindfulness, there's a lot of things, but for me, it's gotta be something physical. I mean, I like playing the drums, but that also gets me really fired up, you know what I mean? And like, sometimes that's hard to like calm down from. But in general, yeah, I feel much better about myself just because I'm really trying to to see what it's like to, to, to face things without having to rely on this medication. But I do feel as if I'm not gonna throw it out and it's always gonna be there and if I need it, I can go back after talking to my doctor. But yeah, I just wanted to keep you, uh, keep you uh, in tune because maybe you're, you're thinking about something, maybe you're thinking about getting on antidepressants. I don't want you to, to think now that since I'm off, that's something you shouldn't do. Because look, man, it helped me out tremendously, okay? I talked about it last week, and I gotta say it again. Just because I'm describing what I'm going through doesn't mean that I'm not an advocate for mental health medication. Because you know what? If you're going through some tough shit, which we all are, I don't care if you're somebody who, you know, hides their feelings, buries them down deep. We all go through shit, man. We all go through stuff that makes us human. That's part of the process of being alive here. That's why I'm in Valley Green right now broadcasting this episode of the podcast is because, yeah, I'm trying to figure out why we're here too. Like existence, everything, you know, being a good dad, being a good husband, being a good teacher, but also being a good listener to the world, man. You know, like the creation, like you're, you're in it right now. Nobody seems to like think that it's not magnificent anymore. I think it's awesome, dude. I think we should constantly talk to people about it, you know. No, uh, yeah, and I should just end by saying that, you know, I may may or may not have COVID right now. Uh, that's why I didn't go to the gym today. Uh, came home yesterday. Tyler didn't feel good. Teresa didn't feel good. She took a nap, and she never takes naps, dude, like a three-and-a-half-hour nap. As soon as she came, came out, I was like, I think you got COVID. She, you know, somebody tells you that, you don't believe it, because I remember when I tested COVID, I was like, oh, no way, dude, I got it. She looked at me like, you know, whatever, Bob. And then she took the test and it came back positive. Tyler's negative. I'm negative. But, you know, we only got one bathroom because we're demoing the other. So, you know, it's how it goes. But I can tell you this. And I'm going to tell my therapist this when I see, see her this week. 
I can tell now too that I am better with this in regard. Before the pandemic, I had really bad germophobia, man. Like bad overcompulsive disorder brought up, uh, brought on by numerous factors, but I didn't do well with COVID. I thought it was Def, DEFCON 5 in the beginning, man. I was one of those people, but now I'm not. And now my eyes are open and you know what? Like I, I'm not scared, you know? I'm not scared about any of this stuff like I used to be. And to me, that's a sign of progression. And to me, that's a sign of me getting better. With that being said, my name's Bob, and this has been another motherfucking episode of The Bobcast. <laughs>